welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Hi, I'm Tom Russell, Senior Editor with Furniture Today. We have a special guest with us today, Andy Counts, who is CEO of the American Home Furnishings Alliance. Andy, thank you for taking time to spend with us today in this um, good digital afternoon. format. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. We're glad to do it. Um, there's been a lot going on lately. Oh, yes. We're, we're all in the thick of it. <laughs> um, what I wanted to talk to you about today, Andy, is um, I believe it was Friday, April 3rd, there was a letter that was sent to Vice President Mike Pence um, from the American Home Furnishings Alliance, the Home Furnishings Association, and um, IFRA. And those three organizations came together and, and basically made some really excellent points about um, de- relating to the, the coronavirus situation that we're in. Could you tell us a little bit about that and kind of where it stands? Certainly, certainly. First, let me say, uh, I hope everyone watching is safe and healthy and certainly challenging times we're going through, but soon we will awaken from this great, great pause and go back to work. And uh, the purpose of the letter was really to lay the groundwork for that. Uh, We were hearing from members that, they were getting conflicting information from states and local authorities on if they could operate or not. And, you know, we can certainly interpret the federal guidance from the Homeland Security that um, home furnishings are certainly essential. Uh, there's different, different categories that we could fit into, but certainly it's not clearly defined. Uh, and the purpose of the letter was just to reach out to uh, Vice President Pence and his team and say, listen, you know, um, you're asking everybody to stay at home. That's, that's essential to beating COVID-19. And home furnishings are essential to staying at home. So uh, I think we lay out a good argument in the letter. Uh, we're great, it's great to partner with HFA and IFRA um, and just come together and, and get, get the message out there to Pence. And um, hopefully we'll see some new guidance coming forth in the next week or so. Well, it was interesting to see the the three associations come together on this. Had you been, um, how did that come about, Andy? It's 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 great to see three um, major associations in the industry working on behalf of the industry, not individually, but together. How did this sort of come about? Well, you know, uh, you may not see it on the surface all the time. We, you know, we each have our own little micro environments and different memberships that we have to deal with, but we're constantly collaborating. Uh, Ray, Sharon, and I, her team, uh, Ray's team, we're constantly communicating, um, seeing things we can work together on. Obviously, it makes a lot of sense to collaborate and come together on a lot of issues that we all share and uh, have impacts on. So uh, it's not the first time it's happened, but uh, certainly I think you'll see more of it, especially as we're going through this um, particular time of COVID-19. 
Yeah, we're, we're in new territory here, exactly. for sure. Um, but essential businesses, um, there's been some, I guess, kind of big box stores and other retailers um, that have been deemed essential, um, but that also sell furniture as part of their mixed. Um, and, and it seems like in just going over some of the elements that we reported on based on what was in the letter, um, there was a little bit of a concern on behalf of the, um, not just the, the perhaps the, the smaller mom and pops and mid-sized retailers, but probably also the big retailers too about, look, um, these folks are selling furniture as well. And, and what, what, what's, what's the crux of the issue? Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Um, there's nobody better positioned than a furniture retailer to meet all the stringent health and safety and social distancing guidelines that are required by uh, CDC. Mm -hmm. Certainly we're better positioned than a big box store to monitor uh, the number of people in our stores, to social distance, to sanitize. Um, obviously home, home furnishings are essential. Let's, let's let the experts handle it. Uh, we can do it safely. And that, that's the message that we're trying to get out to both the federal government as well as the states where the rubber hits the road. Um, we wanna make sure they understand, we wanna work with them. We wanna do what's right. If it's not safe, we don't wanna be open. Obviously there's certain areas in the country where it just certainly now is not the time, but uh, a lot of areas in the country are ready to move forward and we can do that safely. So um, let's let home furnishings retailers open their doors and, uh, and be part of the solution. Yes, indeed. It sounds like a good, um, good approach. And as you noted in the letter, there's many different facets to this being deemed essential, an industry that's essential. Um, you have people that are forced to work at home. They, they obviously need a place to, uh, not just a place to sit, but, but a, a, a desk, a table of some sort, just a functioning working environment. But as you all also noted, you have students that, that are, have to be at home as well doing work. Um, people essentially are confined you know, to their home. So there's many different levels. You know, bedding, another, another critical area. People need a, a place to, to, to sleep. And um, so explain a little bit about how you all kind of decided kind of what, what verbiage and what points to kind of include in your letter. Well, you know, really when we started thinking about it, it became fairly obvious and easy to sort of piece together the puzzle. I mean, home is where it's all happening now. It's where you're going to school. It's where you're going to work. It's where your kids that were in college have come home to, to e-learn. It's where your kids that were in uh, grade school are learning. Um, and people, this is without any warning, people had just a few days to get prepared for this sort of thing. And a lot of them don't have what they need to be productive and efficient. Um, a lot of people are shopping for home furnishings to make that happen. And probably, um, you know, I hate to use the, the word new normal, but a lot of people will continue to be working from their home and learning from their home even after this uh, um, COVID-19 epidemic passes. So um, home furnishings has a very important role to play in all that. And we have to make sure that uh, the retailers that can service uh, the consumers are out there and open and ready to go. Yes, indeed. And we, we, we've heard um, through the grapevine and just anecdotally, certainly 
a lot of people are, are looking for these solutions, consumers that is, online. So those resources indeed are positioned very well to be able to um, just to fulfill those needs. So uh, again, why not the brick and mortar stores? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it seems like the uh, the administration um, has at the federal level has left a lot of the um, some of the decisions up to states. What what have you gotten any response from Mike Pence's office on this at this point that you can share with us? Well, I can tell you uh, that. Mike Pence, Secretary Mnuchin, other people within the task force, or they've received the letter. Um, they've reached out about it. Um, we don't know if there's going to be any updates to the CISA Homeland Security Guidelines anytime in the near future, but certainly they're aware of the situation. Uh, but to your point about the governors and the local authorities, that is where we have to communicate at this point. Um, I. Um, got out of the dining room today and came into the office writing letters to, to the various governors, mm -hmm. uh, similar message to what we sent to Vice President Pence. Mm -hmm. um, you might have heard about the effort that Lazy Boy has underway where they wrote a template where they've shared it with retailers, encouraging people to reach out to their local authorities, uh, Chamber of Commerces, uh, let them know that we're here, we're ready, we can do it safely, let's open up. Um, I think that's going to be critical, even more important than probably the federal uh, guidelines, even though a lot of states follow those. Really, we're really going to have to communicate the local level to make this make this work. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting then to, to see what type of response that you get. And, and I guess some of the irony in this is that things will slowly open up. Uh, a lazy boy on Monday just issued um, a filing in which they weren't very specific, but said it indicated there would be kind of some staggered openings. Yes. In other words, all the stores that were closed are not going to open all at once. It's going to be based on what the guidelines are, kind of state by state. But there was a strong indication that we would start to see some of those stores opening, and um, hopefully, hopefully sooner versus later, where you know they'll they'll be able to be some commerce. <laughs> taking place. It's my, it's my understanding, talking to Lazy Boy and other retailers, that if you, if you reach out to your state and local governments and you explain the situation, um, they'll tell you, we're not, we're not here to impose martial law. We want to do what's right, what's safe for the, mm -hmm. for the community, for the citizens. And if you're able to meet certain guidelines and, and do it safely, um, by all means, we want you to be open and operate and be a part of the solution. So, um, I think that's a message that we're hearing from almost all the locals in the state. So um, hopefully that that'll be a continue. We'll continue to get more of that momentum, and, and people will feel more comfortable uh, operating in this environment. Well, we I think we've all seen too, Andy, that um, while there is there are stay-at-home mandates, people are getting out and about. Whether it's to go to a, to a drive-through or to do some grocery shopping. And the places where they're going largely, uh, whether it's a Food Lion or a Walmart or a Target or any type of store, uh, maybe even a Big Lots, I don't know, which, which obviously now sells uh, a lot of furniture yes. um, and has, has before, but now in a bigger way with Roy Hill. Um, 
they seem to have set a model for for all the other brick and mortar stores in that you know they're letting in limited numbers of people at a time they're kind of keeping a tally account they're keeping the social distancing guidelines of six feet apart right and um i'm guessing that you know a lot of home furnishings retailers would probably already be doing this same thing too but but the examples have been set in, in a lot of ways by the big box stores because they're, they're the ones that are open. So it seems like it, it wouldn't be too much difficulty to adhere for, for retailers to follow this model. There's no question that uh, we're, we're well suited and well positioned to meet uh, all the stringent requirements. Uh, certain, you know, certain states are limiting number of people per square foot square feet certainly retailers can handle that we could we can social distance we can wear a mask we can sanitize um we, we can check all the boxes so i think it's critical that we learn from the best practices these other retailers have established and uh, put them in practice in our stores for sure for sure well that was something wasn't it Nothing like getting the inside story from the experts. Speaking of experts, nobody knows more about comfort, quality, and value than Klausner, the leading solutions provider to the home furnishings industry, and where you'll find my latest furniture collection, City Limits. Now let's get back to more industry news from Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. The uh, HFA also did a recent, commissioned a uh, survey recently, which I thought was interesting. We reported on that. You all sent us that information. We appreciate it. Relating to the work at home trends, and I think there were about 74% of US professionals working at home, according to those findings and those statistics. Um, what was it that intrigued you the most about that when you saw the results of that study, was there anything that stood out for you um, in, in that you know, made you kind of pause and, and say, yeah, this makes sense? Yeah, I, th I don't think there were a lot of surprises. I think we reached out to a thousand uh, households on the, in that survey, third-party survey. And um, you know, obviously uh, professionals that can work from home are working from home. Uh, just, just reiterates the fact that we, as a home furnishings suppliers need to be part of the essential solution um, for these people that are doing everything they can at home, trying to be part of the solution to, to break this curve, flatten the curve. And um, it's, gonna, it's gonna take home furnishings to help, help these people do that. Yeah, and it's funny, it's interesting that the, um, the results of that survey kind of tied in with some of the points um, that were made in the um, in the letter to Mike Pence as well. Exactly. Yeah. So um, there's a, there's a lot. It seems like you've identified you, the associations have identified, kind of made us all kind of take a look and step back and see what are the areas of opportunity going to be, um, regardless of even when people are allowed to kind of return to work. Um, seems like the home is going to be more important than ever. I don't know about you, but you know, I've been in my dining room for the last uh, three weeks, and I'm I see some changes I want to make. I know uh, I know my wife does. Uh, so I imagine people that have been at home and confined for a while that they're, they're seeing all kinds of opportunities to make improvements. And as soon as they get that chance, 
um, I think we're going to see a huge surge. Yeah, we've seen, I've heard from almost everybody that's, that, that I've talked to said, yeah, I think people are like that are working from home. They're taking a look around and they're exactly. seeing what, what they need or what, they, what, they, what needs updating. I, I think the challenge for the industry, there'll be some challenges because I think um, the industry will be facing competition indeed from other sectors, whether it's just putting food on the table, making your mortgage payment. You know, I was talking to uh, somebody in the industry the other day about how soon this is going to come back and, and how soon the industry is going to be positioned or how soon, you know, the industry will be able to kind of take advantage of the consumer's intent, attention, get the consumer's attention, so to speak. Um, what do you see as the, the challenges the industry has to face and, and wait? Because, you know, we're, one, of the, one of the things that we're reporting on is there's been either a combination of furloughs right. in the industry or salary reductions. Um, I, I don't want to say it's a universal, but we're hearing it more and more. And no one knows how long some of those are going to last. It's the, the goal, I think, in most cases is temporary. But will the industry, as you see it, what type of challenge do you see the industry having coming out of this? Well, it's hard to predict, but obviously the steps that government has taken with the phase three, with the payroll protection program, a lot of our smaller businesses taking advantage of that. Unfortunately, a lot of our better companies are more of a medium-sized business that just fall right outside mm. small business category based on the, the way that they're affiliated within their corporate structures. Um, if this lasts more than a, a few more weeks, it's gonna be hugely impactful uh, on trying to get your employees back to ramp up production. Uh, it's gonna be very difficult. Obviously the um, unemployment assurance, the extra incentive uh, the federal government's providing, it's very attractive to um, manufacturing employees to be to be unemployed at this point in time mm -hmm. uh, with, with the amount of incentives they're getting so we're going to have to help the government hey we're, we're back open we're bringing these people back let's let's cut back on on these incentives um but that's just you know it's going to be a lot of different hurdles we're going to have to get over we need we know as an industry we're usually first ones in uh, last ones out when it comes to a a, a recession type situation um it's probably not going to be much different this time but uh, it's not going to be a long extended recession like we saw back in 08. Um, hopefully it'll be something that we'll, we'll see around June where things are opening wide open mm. and things are starting to get back. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll see some, some real upticks. Yeah. Is, is there anything that the industry or perhaps the associations can, can even do to get furniture? Again, as we discussed a, a few minutes ago, people that are at home are seeing the needs in their own homes or they're, they're seeing this, but is there something the industry can do to kind of make furniture um, promoted or pitch it as a, a need versus a want? Because I think it seems like it's that type of thinking that may kind of help jumpstart things for, for a lot of resources in the industry, this idea that we don't just want it, we really need it. And I, I think you'll see a lot of our uh, brighter retailers out there taking advantage of that. Um, 
you've been at home, here's an opportunity to come in and, and take care of the things that you saw while you were, you were stuck in your house for two months. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of that grassroots advertising, marketing. Um, you know, we have a lot of independent thinkers in this industry, so there's going to be a lot of different uh, people going about different ways, but I, there, there will be opportunities and uh, I think there'll be you know, companies taking advantage of it. Yes, it's going to be interesting too to see. You know, the market schedule has been sort of upended. We're looking at uh, a June market, um, July market in Vegas. Where we, some of these are unknowns at this point, and and it's going to be interesting too to see how the industry um, responds to to markets. But we're also hearing Andy that you know, to your point, there's a lot of kind of um, smart people out there in the industry that are able to kind of come up with solutions. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of like digital marketing things that can take place to engage, you know, both sales reps and customers to, even though we may not be at a market, there's some other things, other ways to shop any thoughts on 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 that um, as it relates to the the eventual rebound? Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of different uh, approaches. Um, like you said, we're not sure what's going to happen to High Point in June. Um, I think unless the the governor does something to extend the stay at home, I think there will be some type of market. Maybe it'll just be a drive-in market because people aren't back. To flying yet and things of that nature but um, obviously it'd be good for the industry to get together and uh, just catch up and, and see what products out there obviously plants are shut down now so there's, there's not a lot of product development going on at this point in time mm -hmm. um, so you know it could be that october is probably when things really kick back in and um, hopefully that's that'll be when people get some new product and get, get some new excitement within the industry yeah, we are definitely here and there's going to be a, a little bit of a lag, you know, for our, um, our big picture cover story that we typically do around the spring market. Um, we focused a, a lot on how our company is going to emerge from this. And it seems like, um, yeah, there's going to be some different, different ways to accomplish that digitally, um, you know, meeting people on a, a much smaller scale. So it seems like, you know, both, and, and the need, it seems like initially is going to be for a lot of inline goods yeah. versus new product. We know there's a lot of new product out there and people always get excited about that, but they may not be as excited right now about the brand new first time seeing as much as just getting whatever they can. Are you hearing any of that? I'm hearing some of that. Obviously, it's a uh, it's a mixed bag right now. People are just trying to okay, how do I get get to tomorrow and keep my operations going, keep my people employed. But uh, mm -hmm. obviously, we will reopen soon, and uh, got to start thinking about how how you going to do that and how how you going to move forward. So um, these are all important important questions. Well, certainly issues that both importers and domestic suppliers are alike are trying to kind of figure out at this time because I think right now with so much retail being closed and slowly reopening, um, everybody's kind of trying to figure out, okay, what, how are we gonna be in conjunction 
with that when it happens um you know one one source was telling me that they they're hoping that that retailers are going to be yelling at them to get get product as soon as they can once this this happens yeah that's what well, that's what i'm hearing because obviously we don't we don't want the retailers to get too far ahead of us uh, on the manufacturing side but uh, you know it's going to take a while for us to reopen get back up get, get the supply chain rolling again so mm -hmm. uh, um hopefully sooner the better are there any um next steps that um hfa and the other associations are pursuing at this point that you could talk about yet well again we're going to focus on the uh essential nature of home furnishings. Uh, we're going to get letters out to the governors, to the local officials. Um, we'll continue to track these best practices that other, other retailers are, are following and maybe try to collaborate on how to communicate those to all of our retailers to make sure that they're, they're well equipped. Uh, obviously, you can't just open your doors in this environment. You've got to have the sanitation, you have the mask, you've got to have everything in, in, in line so you can be ready to reopen. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously, um, things are still happening at Consumer Product Safety Commission. They're still doing recalls. They're still active. Uh, so we're still trying to track uh, all the product safety things and, and stay uh, keep the industry abreast of that uh, going forward. So um, never a dull moment. No, no. And I know HFA is particularly attuned to the regulatory side of things. Any new developments there that are that are or has some of that stalled um, in this in this environment that we're in? Honestly, a lot of the of the meetings of the ASTM and CPSC have the have been delayed due to the, uh, the due to the shutdown. So, yeah. uh, but we, we expect it to to ramp up quickly once uh, once things reopen. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of issues out there that we're you know we're we're covering, and you folks are keeping the industry apprised of as well. So thank we'll you. Certainly, we'll certainly keep you in the loop. Yeah, thank you. Well, Andy, um, this has been a, a great discussion. Um, lastly, um, are, are you going to be all reaching out to governors of all 50 states, essentially? Or is, how is that going to work? Yes. OK. Yes. yes, that makes sense. And and I guess when you, what you hear back will be based on their yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll certainly communicate that as we as we get more feedback. Yeah, well, we look forward to hearing more about this initiative. And again, thank you on behalf of the industry for your, all your efforts and the efforts of HFA and IFRA combined. Um, we look forward to hearing more about this as we go forward. Hey, Tom, thanks for your time. Take care. Stay healthy. Yeah, thank you, Andy, for being part of us. Again, we run the uh, Home Furnishings Educational Network and Andy with Andy Counts, CEO of the American Home Furnishings Alliance. Thank you, Andy. Take care, everyone. Okay, thanks.